right, this is JT. Try and keep up. April 23rd, I think it's I think so. Today. Yeah, Friday. I'm here with the one and only Chris Moore. How you doing, sir? Doing good, JT. Thanks for having me in here. All right. I appreciate you coming by. Um, it took him a bit to get over because he's got that massive Moore setup going on over there. Yeah, it's a lot of work. <laughs> so just like on the, um, the Moore Mafia page and on your page, you've come a long way. We have. We. Uh, I actually just shared it the other day on Facebook. Uh, it popped up as one of my memories. It said eight years ago, and it had a picture of my 2500 pickup truck with a 7x16 enclosed trailer with a More Mafia sticker on it. And uh, we won a lot of money out of that trailer. I, I definitely, uh, almost time, sometimes I wish I had it back. <laughs> how, long did you, how long did you run with that setup? So I probably had that set up a couple years. Um, so I... Uh, I had a friend that had that trailer. He, he has a repo company, mm-hmm. and he repoed it. And I was over there one day, and he's, I was like, yo, what are you going to do with that trailer? He's like, dude, just get it out of my way. He's like, you can have it. Just take it. <laughs> and he's like, if I ever need it back, he's like, just give it back to me. You know, He's like, don't sell it or whatever. But he said, I might, you know, the people may come to get it, whatever. But anyways, I had it for three years, and finally <laughs> he called me and wanted it back. I was like, oh, well, all right, here you go. Now, obviously, you got a big program. So, before we get into what you're, where you're currently at, where you're going, and all that mile per hour noise and yeah. record breaking you did last year, let's back up a little bit more. Where did you start out at? Where did I start? So, I actually started drag racing when I was 12 years old. Uh, 2021 makes 24 years I've been Ooh. motorcycle drag racing. So, when I was a kid, uh, my father started in the motorcycle business in 1969. So, he's a real OG in the motorcycle wow. world. And uh, he's, like I said, he had race cars and stuff like that. And then, of course, I grew up with dirt bikes and, you know, just motorcycles in my life in general. But my dad never actually drag raced motorcycles. He rode dirt bikes. We did all kind of crazy stuff together. But he never drag raced motorcycles. He always had drag cars. And when I was a kid growing up, of course, other kids were getting junior dragsters and stuff. And I'm like, Dad, I want a drag bike. I want to drag race motorcycles. And I got a YSR 50 Yamaha, the little mini street bikes, uh, sport bikes back then, 50 cc's, and uh, Greer Dragway is where I started. That's my hometown. And I raced that thing for three years. They wouldn't let me go any faster until I got my driver's license. So I got my driver's license supposedly at 14, (laughs) kind of, sort of. But anyways, I moved up to a 600 Katana uh, when I was 14 years old. And we went 720s in the eighth mile with a real 600 Katana. Uh, For people in the drag race world, you know 600 Katana was kind of, that's like the the beginner bike laughing stock of of motorcycles. But anyways, that's what I had because I was super small at the time. Uh, I'm skinny now, but I was always super short as a kid. Uh, I was a late grower. And uh, I was, uh, when I had that 600 Katana, I was probably like, four foot nine four foot ten at like 80 pounds you know and that was the only my dad had it uh lowered and stretched and put a strut on it no suspension and that was the only thing that i could was low enough that i could touch the ground on and he used to have to hold me like when i would do a burnout you know he would have you know 600 katanas they had the little grab rail and he would be holding me back there while i was doing a burnout and uh then we put a 750 gsxr motor in the little katana then we went to an 1100 GSXR motor in the Katana, and I think by the time I was 15, a um, year and a half later, I was going like 590s, 580s on the little Katana, which back then 
was wow. flying. You know what I mean? That was for a no bar bike. That was a fast katana for sure. And for those of you who have emailed me before, my name, my email address is Yellow Racer Three Thousand One. Okay, so when I was a kid, everything I had was yellow. Uh, my katana was yellow. My first car was yellow. I loved yellow. So Yellow Racer, and then when I went to my first ever pro event, uh, they said, what is my number? Well, at home, I was number one because I had won the little bracket championship and all that stuff. And they're like, what's your number? And I'm like, they're like, it has to be a four-digit number. And I'm like, hmm. Well, at that time, it was 2001. So I said, I'm the future. I'm 3001. (laughs) So I'm Yellow Racer 3001 is my email address. And even in the pro class now, I still run number 3001. Oh, wow. Very cool. So uh, after the Katana, I went to a a GSXR 600 stock wheelbase. And that's where I, I guess you would say, learned the roots of real riding. Okay. Uh, No air shifter, no slider clutch, no extended swing arm. You know, just literally a stock motorcycle with a lowering kit. And uh, we ran the 600 Super Sport class a little bit then. And uh, I then moved up to a GSX-R1000 when they first came out. Uh, had one of the first Hayabusa's when they first came out. And uh, when I was 18, my dad bought me a Outlaw Pro Street. Some of you guys may remember that one mm-hmm. with the uh, red, white, and blue, the In Memory of 911 bike. Oh, yeah, okay. This was in like 02 or 03. And uh, when I was 18 years old, broke the world record, went a 719 at 197 miles an hour. And um, we held that record for like two years, so did really oh, well wow. with that bike. And then I went just kind of grudge racing after that. Uh, other people were asking me to ride their bikes, and it just kind of grew from one thing to another. And then the uh, the gr- how many grudge races do you do a year? I know you're very active in racing in general. So I, I know you're big in the grudge side as well. How many do you do? So I don't really have a set amount that we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, have a lot of customers that grudge race, okay. so we try to go and support them, uh, help them with their bikes, and then me myself. Uh, I guess you say I didn't have a grudge bike last year, but that's kind of changing this year. So okay. we're we're actually we haven't made the announcement yet, but we're moving. I personally am moving out of Pro Street. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. 2021, I will not be running Pro Street. You got to hear him. I, 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 <laughs> I, I do. So this is this is record, this is is record. breaking news, um, but I am moving back to the grudge world. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm still going to have a time shown, uh, I guess you would say, just fun bike. Yeah. Um, there will be actually be two bikes. There will be twins. Uh, one of them will be identical. Okay. We're going to show the time with one. We're going to grudge race with the other. So some of you may know the story of when we went to Orlando uh, to the Kings of Grudge Race, mm-hmm. and we were disqualified. Um, their words were disqualified for being disqualified. Uh, okay. You interpret it how you want. Uh, but anyways, uh, <laughs> we have. they said because we had a times shown bike, we could not run the other bike without having the time shown bike there to run. Okay. Okay, so just for fun, we have built a twin to the time shown bike to be a no time shown bike. Okay. So we can show the time and we can still grudge race and can't nobody tell us no difference. Even though they're the exact same, the times may be the same, they may not be, I don't know, but they can't tell us no. 
And then as far, and some of the people, because there are quite a few people that follow me that aren't involved in motorcycle drag racing, when you're talking about the time shown, are all the grudge races have that same rule, so to speak? Pretty much. And what they don't want, uh, the reason for that rule is, let's just say I have a bike and it runs a 630, okay, in the quarter mile, and you have a grudge bike that is faster than that. Well, if you beat me, then they know, oh, well, Chris went a 630, and he just beat him, so he must be faster than a 630, even though he's never publicly displayed his time. That's the thinking behind it. Um, So anyways, I understand where they're coming from, but I'm fixing to override that rule my own way uh, by building two bikes identically the exact same way, and they can pick which one they want me to put in the class. And for the people that don't follow it, the grudge racing is not a time display race. When grudge racing, racing is a, not a time display. Uh, it is basically a legal form of street racing, um, kind of, sort of. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, you, you look at this guy's bike, and you watch him run, and you judge it. You challenge him. You bet money, and you race to see who the winner is. You know, And then maybe you negotiate a, a head start or something like that. You know, <laughs> it, It's a lot of negotiating and a lot of fun, but... What we do is just, I don't like to negotiate. I just want to race. Yeah. If, if your bike is not fast enough, just take it back home, make it something else, and come back, and hopefully it's faster next time. Okay. Now, you made a comment about Pro Street. All right. We're in it this weekend? I am not in it this weekend. Okay. My brother is in it this weekend. Okay. Big country. Uh, have you seen him on the YouTube channel? Uh, he is still running Pro Street. Um, I am going to concentrate myself on helping increase his program. Okay. Uh, last year, we built a brand new bike for him, and of course, it was full of gremlins. Oh, uh, lots and lots and lots of bad luck for Big Country last year. Had a really tough season. He went from being the uh, in grudge racing, he was the heavy hitters, okay. uh, which is a no rules, heads up class, but the rider has to weigh over 200 pounds. That's the only rule. He went from being the grand champion in that class, you know, winning everything there was to win, to being like first round out or, you know, not even get to qualify last year. So he really struggled and he really, he spent a fortune of his own money and just had no success. And we're trying to change that this year. We actually think we found the problem that was causing all the gremlins last year. We're going to cross our fingers and help him concentrate this year and be really competitive. Now, it's a question I've asked a few times already from the various interviews we've got done, is you make a comment, spend tons of money. Now, we're not going to talk about how much people spend in this sort. The thing is, for the people from the outside looking in, it takes a ton of money to do this. And in the grand scheme of things, you don't win a lot. And sometimes you're just getting a trophy. Can you help them understand that the the passion for this? Yeah, so the best thing you can do is... Throw your notepad away. Do not write down anything what it costs. You literally just do it for the love of the sport. Um, these motorcycles and race bikes are not smart financial decisions. Okay, this is probably the worst move you could ever make. Uh, you know, if you're keeping smart financial track of things. But no, it's tons of fun, man. It's it's a real bad addiction. Um, so a lot of people don't know, uh, but I do not own Black Mamba. Uh, The people that follow the YouTube channel know, but a lot of people think that's my bike. That is not my bike. That bike is owned by a gentleman in Connecticut, Damien Caruso. Uh, Me and Damien have been together for about seven years now, maybe. He's had grudge bikes, and me and him started grudge racing together, and I rode, uh, he's got a lot of GSX-Rs, 
and uh, he literally gets nothing out of it other than the love of the sport. You know what I mean? He's addicted to it the same way I'm addicted to it. Just the the feeling and the thought of it being his motorcycle when we get on the line, and man, when I set that world record, like just that the excitement that he had and like how happy we were for him mm-hmm. to put that much money that he works on the bike as well. So it's not like he's just fronting the bill. I mean, this guy is hands on. He's in there doing every bit of it, you know, himself, and literally just because he loves it. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. Okay. So, uh, Damien is a big, big part to our program. Uh, like I said, he has helped so much with the whole building of the More Mafia. Uh, Cash is King, uh, which I sold. It went overseas uh, to Kuwait, and that motorcycle was mine. Okay, I owned it. I did everything with it myself, or me and my team. Um, but as far as the build, you know, it was I was funded that all myself. And, and you just you enjoy it so much, man. You're like, I don't care what it costs. I'm definitely winning this week. You know, I got to get this spare motor. I got to buy these spare parts. I'm not letting these guys beat me. And it becomes a point to where, you know, if you financially can, you financially don't care what it costs. And that's why I named that bike Cash is King. Because I literally rode it uh, the 2018 season when I won the championship with no budget. Oh, yeah. uh, now that's I'm fortunate enough to be able to do that, but I raced. No matter what we had to have, I got it. What no matter what we had to have to buy the best, I bought it. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's, it's it's you definitely don't want to write down and keep track because um, <laughs> it'll make you sad, you know. But like I said, you do it for the love of the sport. I never understood why people would own race bikes, so, so such as Damien. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand. I'm like, why would he want to waste all this money? and not ride it or not do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But when my brother, uh, when he started in like 2018, he always rode, I guess you would say, smaller bikes and just had fun at local racetrack. But I had another bike, the American flag bike that he now rides in grudge racing. That was mine. And I said, look, man, I said, I, I don't want to put the money in Cassius King and put the money in this bike. I said, I'm going to park this one and just run Cassius King. I said, if you want to ride it, it's yours. You take it. Free bike. Just pay the bills to keep it running. You know what I mean? And it cost him a lot of money because he uh, became addicted. You know what I mean? Uh, it's like that first drink of alcohol. You're like, oh, this is fun. But no, he uh, he became hooked. And like I said, he took that bike and won the championship with it. But when he got on that starting line, my heart would be pounding. Well, I was like, <laughs> I was so nervous. And so when he won, I was so excited you know, to see him win, and I'm like, damn, this is why people do it. You know what I mean? This is why the owners put the money into it, you know, because I was literally, I, I've been racing so long, I, even the 230-mile-an-hour pass, some passes I'll get excited about, or my heart is really pounding, or even if it's a, a final round of the event, you know, my heart will be racing a little bit before the staging up or whatever, but, man, you'll be amazed how cool and relaxed I am. I'm just like, eh. It is what it is. You know, here we go. It's just another pass, you know. But, man, when he would get on the line, my heart would be racing so much, and I'm like, I can really understand now why people do this sport. And and that's part of why I'm doing these, because these are the stories that – these are the stories and the stuff we need to hear to let people know they really should come out and experience this and support it because the family out here is unbelievable. Well, yeah, that's one thing, too. So uh, that is another thing I've learned with motorcycle drag racing 
is it brings all people together as a family. Yes. No matter the color, no matter the ethnicity, wherever you come from or whatever you do at home, nobody cares about that. When you get here, it's all one group. And you got one guy that saved up to buy the entry fee and another guy that has millions in the bank. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, they all park together, they're family, and they all treat each other and have fun with the same passion in mind. Now, we want to make sure that your fans and people just coming on board and becoming fans, where are we going to follow you at? So we got Instagram, we got Facebook, we got YouTube, and now we got TikTok. So uh, <laughs> TikTok is new to the crowd. We're just starting with that. But basically, you can find me on uh, YouTube under More Mafia, okay. uh, on Facebook on More Mafia, Instagram is Chris More Mafia, and then Big Country more Mafia. Um, and then TikTok is just under More Mafia as well. Okay. So we have a lot of fun with the YouTube channel. We do a lot to teach people about the sport. I'm a big advocate in trying to grow the sport uh, because there's a lot of uh, guys out there racing on the street that are, I guess you would say, it's, it's dangerous. You know, get off the street, come to the track, and you can have fun. I mean, even if you have a a $4,000 motorcycle. You don't have to have crazy money and spend crazy money to come and have fun at these events. Literally, you could take your average, let's just say R6, Yamaha R6, and come and drag race it, spend 40 bucks and have fun, you know, and have a, have a great time. Uh, like I said, it's still not a smart financial decision, but we're not <laughs> gonna count that. It's, it's an, a, a, an adrenaline rush, it's a blast, you know, to no matter how fast you're going, just to hold it wide open and get everything you can out of your bike. It's fun, and it's also a challenge no matter what level of competition you're at. It doesn't matter if you go a 12-second uh, quarter-mile pass. Man, it feels so good to go that 11.99. You know what I mean? And once you go that 11.99, you're like, yes, 11.89. Every little bit you can step up really helps. And it's so much fun. Uh, my brother, he actually just got a stock Hayabusa. And uh, before, he's like, ah, oh, man, I don't want to ride that bike. You know, it's not. But, man, he got a stock wheelbase bike. And it's taught him a lot about riding, but it's also challenged him as a rider because he wants to be better. You know, one little bobble on a stock wheelbase bike blows the whole pass, you know. Wow. And, and so it becomes really challenging for you as a rider, you know, to get everything you can. All right. Now, we know we're going to be talking to you some more as the season goes on. So he'll definitely be back. Yep. That's for sure. We can't, we can't, you can't be in this. But drag racing and not talk to Chris Moore. It's yeah, impossible I, for me to. Thank you, JT. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. One thing I do want to throw out there before we go: May fifteenth. A lot of people already know this date. You know what I'm talking about. But if you don't, it's going down. We've got a big match race, probably one of the biggest rivalries slash match races of all time. Uh, it's me versus Ricky Gadsden, and the race is. It's the battle of the brands, okay? It's Suzuki versus Kawasaki. In the world of motorcycle drag racing, it's that's the two biggest. I mean, that is the the Ford and the Chevrolet in drag racing. You know, that that's your two rivalry brands. And Ricky Gadsden has a 2020 Kawasaki ZX10 with the best of the best parts on it, but they're bolt-on parts. The engine itself cannot be modified. Okay. So in other words, you can't have cams, you can't have different pistons. You know, nothing inside the engine can be changed. I mean, you could change the clutch, but it still has to be a factory-style clutch. I mean, we can okay. put clutch mods and stiffer springs, but we can't have slider clutches. Same thing with the Suzuki. We've got, uh, you know, better, different clutch upgrades, 
but the the engine itself still 100 technically under warranty. I mean, it has exhaust system, it has a tune. You know, we got MR12 race gas, we got long swing arms, we have lightweight wheels, but the engine is still stock. So this is seeing what the best of the best Kawasaki versus the best of the best Suzuki, and we're gonna put them together and see what they can do. Uh, Ricky Gatson uh, is technically on top right now. He has been a 819 in practice. I have been a 821 in practice. Okay. So I'm hoping to go a little faster this weekend. I'm going to test and tune with my bike. But this is going to be a matchup probably decided on the tree. Oh. Uh, this is going to, I mean, they're, the bikes are that close. He's consistent. I'm really consistent. Both bikes run really close numbers every single pass. And May 15th, we're going to see the winner, the best three out of five. Oh, uh, okay. At Galat Motorsports Park, we each get two solo shakedowns. Okay. He's going to make a pass. I'm going to make a pass. He's going to make a pass. I'm going to make a pass again. And after that, it's the best three out of five. Made a best man win at Galat Motorsports Park in Benson, North Carolina, May 15th. It's going to be a big, big, big showdown. Okay. What, what brought about this matchup? What started this? So I was... Ask. As you know, I have a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and I had—I'm a Suzuki fan from from uh, from the, the bare bones. Okay. And I, of course, when this new platform of GSXR 1000 came out in 2017, mm-hmm. I got one. Then I went fast with it. I got one in 2018. I went fast with it. I got one in 2019. Went fast with it. But this 2020, I said, man, I'm really going to go over the top with this one. Brock's Performance came on board as a sponsor. And he said, Chris, I think we can build the fastest stock motorbike, period. And we did that. We went out and we went at 823 with it. Um, And at that time, it was the fastest stock motorbike in the world. 820s in the eighth, I mean, in the quarter, 520s in the eighth mile. Super fast bike. I mean, this thing rips. And uh, Ricky Gatson, of course, he was seeing the videos along with everybody else in the world. And he's like, dude, I can beat that. You know, he, and basically he come on and challenged me. You know, he publicly made a YouTube video himself and said, Chris Moore, I want to race you. And we just kind of got the chitter chattering and jawing back and forth at each other, talking junk. <laughs> and COVID, we were going to do the race last year, of course. And then COVID restrictions shut us down. Every time we think COVID is going away, it gets worse. Long story short, this rivalry has been brewing for over a year now, and May 15th it will be determined. At Galat Motorsports. Galat Motorsports. Fantastic facility. Man, one of the nicest tracks in the country. It is unbelievably nice. If you guys never been there or seen it, check it out, galatmotorsports.com. Check it out on YouTube. Just Google Galat Motorsports. Heated and cool track, jumbotron screens. Suites in the tower. I mean, this place is a first-class facility. It is a gorgeous place. So, all right, we got matchups coming up. We've learned a ton about you today, and he's definitely going to be back for sure. Good. Thank you for your time today, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you, JT. Thanks for having me on. See you guys soon.